When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes we take things that are simple and we make them complicated. And when it comes to tonight with game six of the NBA finals, maybe we have enough proof of concept to have something definitive to say about what to expect tonight. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app at Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. With neither Canty nor Carlin know today the Dream Team filling in. I'm Jason Fitz, hanging out with Harry Douglas. We will be here for the next several hours to get you ready for the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight, Game 6. Celtics host the Warriors, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations. Harry Douglas! Man, I love hanging out with you, and I cannot wait to break all of this down with you, my friend. Like a ride-stone cowboy. Like a ride-stone cowboy. Here we go, my brother from another mother. For all the listeners, I don't think y'all know how long me and Fitz have been anticipating this moment where we can do radio together. Because we do a ton of TV shows, digital shows together. But this is our first time doing radio together, and we have been wanting to do radio together for the longest and here we are. So it can't, it, it might get crazy today, but just hold on. Put your seatbelt on, buckle up, and enjoy the ride, baby. The funny thing is, if we walked into this duo both wearing cowboy outfits, nobody would be surprised if mine was covered in rhinestones, and everybody would be surprised <laughs> to see you in, like, I'm just picturing they you don't know like that side of boots. Me. They don't know yeah, that side of that, me. Fitz. See? See? They like, don't know Harry that side of me yet. You, you can't put Harry Douglas in a box. Like, you know, it, Harry Douglas can do absolutely anything. And right now, Harry Douglas and I are going to break down what to expect tonight. Now, hear me out. I understand that we've seen great moments from the Celtics throughout the course of this playoff. I think we can all agree that the battles between Tatum and Giannis are going to be sort of seared into our brains. But I was thinking about this matchup this morning as I was waking up, and I kept thinking about what have we seen throughout the course of the playoffs versus what we've seen in this series. Because proof of concept in this series tells us one very clear thing that the Celtics are going to turn over the basketball, their stars aren't going to show up, that Steph is going to be able to will the, the Warriors to a victory if he has to, and if he can't, all the other side pieces are going to be able to do that same thing. So if I look just at what we've seen as we head into Game 6, Harry, it's hard for me to find a path for the Celtics to win this game because the Warriors have shown us time and time again that they are capable of handling anything, and the Celtics have shown us they are not. Well, when you look at the Celtics, and you mentioned the turnovers, right, that's, that's kind of been their Achilles heel in this playoffs. When they have 16-plus turnovers, they are 1-7 in those games. We all know how good they are when they don't take, uh, turn over the basketball and they take care of it, and they treat it like their, um, their, their, their prized possession, right? Like, they don't want to lose it. When you go to fumbling that ball around, and, and especially against the Golden State Warriors, or te- a team that has the greatest shooter of all time, and arguably the second greatest shooter right behind him in Klay Thompson. But then not only that, you allow a guy like Andrew Wiggins to get out in transition. You allow, you allow, you allow people like Gary Payton a second coming off the bench and get easy buckets. So now his energy level is at an all-time high. They got to protect the basketball. But the thing that has stood out to me the most, Fitz, is because you may see a Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown start off the game decent, 
But it's been that fourth quarter to me that has really bothered me. You look at game five. Jason Tatum himself alone was one for five with a turnover, and he missed two free throws. Jalen Brown, one for four, two turnovers in the fourth quarter. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable from your superstar. And we just mentioned Chris Candy because, listen, I had Jason Tatum as a superstar, but I'm like, damn, have I been fooling the people too? Because I want to apologize to y'all myself because I had Jason Tatum up there as a superstar. But the way he has been performing, he has not performed like a superstar in his NBA Finals, and his play has reflected in the losses of his team. So now they find themselves down 3-2 at home in TD Garden. But I will say this about the Boston Celtics. They are 3-0 and in these playoffs when they're facing elimination. But they are 6-5 and at home in this postseason. But those three wins when facing elimination, Jason Tatum, is averaging 31.7 points per game. The hard part about this with some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless is you're right about Tatum. I think we all were ready to put him in superstar status, but that was based on what we'd seen. Like the the weirdest part about Mm -hmm. what we all do for a living, right, is you're writing a book report after every chapter. So it's okay after three or four chapters in a book to say, man, this is the best book I've ever read, and then realize you get more chapters in, and you're like, "Eh, I don't know, it's kind of coming back. Wasn't what I thought. Wasn't what I thought. That, which is what we've seen with Tatum. And to your point, yeah, the, the Celtics have been great facing elimination. And frankly, the Warriors have lost several games when they've had the opportunity to eliminate teams throughout this course of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If they lose tonight, they'll set a new franchise record for most game, most losses when they're able to eliminate an opponent. But I, I have to look at all of that and say, if Tatum shows up, is such a big if right now because we've said that how many games in and it we hasn't don't know. happened. We, we don't to, know. The proof is in the pudding, Fitz. We, we haven't seen him show up when, when, when the Boston Celtics needed it the most. We have not seen him show up. We haven't seen it. So we can't just say, you know what, even though in the elimination games he's been this guy in five games in this NBA Finals, five game fits. Five, I can see if we're talking about one game, two games. But in five, we haven't seen Jason Tatum that we've seen against the Brooklyn Nets. We haven't seen the Jason Tatum we've seen against uh, Giannis in the Milwaukee Bucks or Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat. And the sad thing about this whole ordeal, Fitz, is that as great as that run was against the Nets, the Bucks, and the Heat, if he goes out in this finals, no one will remember a damn thing about it because how he's performed in this NBA finals, and that's not up to the standards of the people and the fans or even his teammates and the people in the Boston Celtics organization. No, you're a thousand percent right. I mean, you think about at some point, it's not that they're losing the series. It's how they're losing the series. It's going to stick in everybody's brains. And to that end, uh, with some straight talk, straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons last night and talked a little bit about what we're talking about, the inconsistencies of the Boston Celtics. Really going back to the beginning of the season, they struggled the first half of the year and then all of a sudden turned things around and were the best team in the league from late January until now. And, you know, so I, I expect them to play well tomorrow. I expect them to be locked in. And a lot of that is simply because at every turn when it seemed like things were about to go sideways, when they lost game five at home to Milwaukee in the second round, when they lost game six at home to Miami in the conference finals, they managed to come back and get a win and extend their season. And, you know, uh, just based off that alone and the fact that, you know, it just seems like destiny, they're going to make us drag this thing out to a seventh game on Father's Day on Sunday night. Um, I just think the Celtics are going to find a way to do that once again. Okay, first and foremost, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, filling in on Canty and Carlin 3-7 to uh, today on ESPN Radio. Uh, I don't believe in destiny uh, when it comes to any of this stuff. 
Uh, I, I feel like the, the, the gods and destiny and the universe have better things to worry about than a basketball game. And if we're going to talk about, at the end of the day, whatever this, the back's against the wall, do you not think that they've felt that every single game? I mean, do you not think that they felt that going into game five? Like, to, to me, and, and look, Harry, you know that the, the closest I'll ever come to being an athlete is what I do when I play Madden. But I, I can't, I have a hard time believing that in game five, you're like, no, this one's not the big one. And now in game six, suddenly a different level. You're in the NBA damn finals. Like, if you don't bring it every game, that's a you problem. You're on the biggest stage at the biggest time in your career. To say it's not meant to be at this time, like that, that's, that's egregious to me. And your mindset going into a game five, knowing that if you lose that game, that Golden State, and I, and I hate to say this, is coming back to your house with house money, because I don't really want to call it house money because they won that game and you're up 3-2. But if the Golden State Warriors do lose this game, they have something in their pocket that say, you know what, we get to go back to Golden State. We get to go back to San Francisco and we get to handle our business. But I'll tell you this. I know everyone heard Steve Kerr in, that pref- in, that, in, in his presser after, uh, excuse me, when he was talking to his team. He said he wants to finish it in Boston. He don't want to go back to San Francisco. They want to finish it in Boston. Have their own Boston little tea party. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Harry. Like, cause I, I love getting the insights from guys that played, right? And yep. when you really think about the one Achilles heel, you mentioned it earlier, that we've all talked about for the Celtics, it's turning over the football. When you are on a team that is consistently careless, I don't care what the sport is. The Mm -hmm. Celtics have had turnover issues throughout the entire playoffs. When you are on a team that's consistently careless, what really – like, I have a hard time finding it fixing itself. So what fixes it? I think a lot of these guys, and the stars included, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they, they start making moves and start doing things offensively without a plan. And you find them a lot of times just out of control and they may be going too fast. And then sometimes they're holding the ball entirely too long and they're not making the right basketball play or they're not thinking to make the right basketball play fast enough. And that gets these guys in trouble. And when you're, like I just mentioned, when you're playing against a team like Golden State who has sharpshooters, and then not only that, they've already won three NBA championships, you can't turn the basketball over. Now, it's, there's been times where the Golden State Warriors have turned the basketball over, but that hasn't been the case in this finals uh, to the degree that the Boston Celtics have. And when you have 18 turnovers to their seven, you're going to lose that game every damn time. I'm sorry. You're going to lose that game because now you're giving a team extra possessions that you don't want to give extra possessions. And, and you've got a team in Golden State coming into this game. They can look right across you and look you in the eyes and know two games ago, if the strategy was, we'll let Steph go off, but nobody else. Well, that worked for Golden State. <laughs> if the strategy in the last game was, we will shut down Steph as long as nobody else beats us. Your Golden uh, State, Andrew you Wiggins. say well, that didn't. What? I mean, across the board right now, Golden State walks into this game with a level of swagger because two straight games, they've won in such dramatically different fashions. Like, yes. I just think that that gets so much of the weight of what you can expect. Steve Kerr. We got to give credit to Steve Kerr, though. The, the adjustments and understanding that his team is so versatile that they can win in multiple ways. Like a guy like Andrew Wiggins, a former number, number one overall draft pick, has showed up and showed out. This young man rebounding the basketball, getting stops. But in the fourth quarter in game five, I believe he was five for six, ten points. Came up huge. But then he's defending the best player for the Boston Celtics as well. So he's not just playing offense. He's a guy that... And I remember Andre Iguodala, I can't remember what game it was, called him over to the bench and basically said, man, get your ass, you got to get your ass going. 
It's time to roll. We don't, we don't have time to be waiting on you. This is what we expect of you. And I love that leadership, and I love that Iggy is back there to let him know those things. And then, But I love the way he received it, too. Because, you know, you, got, you have players that don't know how to receive information, and they may get in their feelings a little bit. No, he didn't get in his feelings. He understood that Iggy has been there. He's a former finals MVP who was guarding LeBron, even though LeBron still averaged 35. So let's not take it too deep now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like taking too deep. But he he was he had the ability to listen to a Iguodala to understand how he needed to play. And he didn't have the mindset and be and wasn't too prideful not to attain the information. But you're speaking right there, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz in on Canty and Carlin. You're speaking right there to one of the biggest differences in this series that we knew coming in, but we're seeing play out. Like there is a level of been there, done that. And and I'll go back to last year. When we watched the Suns go on their run last year, how often did we talk about what the veteran leadership of Chris Paul meant to the growth of guys like Booker and Aiton, oh, right? Like throughout the entire everything. process, we were like, we were talking about that, having that guy, right? And now we get to the NBA Finals, and you have this perfect mesh. Like you have this perfect, I don't know, like soup that's been made here where you got some ingredients that, that have been there forever, and they've been just simmering together so you've got the clays and the Stephs and the the Draymond and the Kerrs that are used to the pressure cooker they can eat up all the pressure they can take Mm -hmm. it all on their shoulders they know what to do which then lets the rest of the guys be free in that moment so if you're Wiggins there's a totally different level of pressure on you than you've ever had in your career you're in a system in a process where you feel like they're using you the right way and all they're doing is giving you just a little sprinkle of like hey you go be you right now and that's what Boston doesn't have they don't have anybody that can just stand on that sideline right now and say, guys, look me in the eye. I know how to win this game in this moment. You need to follow me. Boston just doesn't have, to to no fault of their own, they don't have that guy on the roster, Harry. You want to be honest? I think Boston is too casual. I think they're too casual. Like, I think Jason Tatum being a superstar player, and I understand everybody's demeanor is different, and they have their own way of doing things, but I need to see a little bit more fire in these guys. You know what I'm saying? You got a guy like Grant Williams, right? Grant Williams who was doing a tremendous job throughout the playoffs coming off the bench. Where in the hell – what my milk carton at? Because he's been missing. I think I got a milk carton around here somewhere. <laughs> I Has really anybody thought, like, seen you know Grant Harry Williams? Douglas, I figured he had a prop with him. I figured Harry was going to pull out a milk I carton had it. somewhere. It's, I think I left it in the kitchen. Has <laughs> anybody seen Grant Williams? Because he hasn't showed up in this series. I haven't seen Grant Williams. And he's the guy that they're counting on. It speaks to something that Andre Snelling, ESPN senior writer, said to me last night. On Spain and Fitz, uh, we had uh, Dre on, and we were talking to him just about where the Celtics are going wrong. And he pointed out uh, just a, a spot on their roster. They need help right here. I think it ties directly to what I was just talking about with the Celtics not really having a point guard. And, and not even just having, not having a point guard, but Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are not even natural guards. Like, they're, they're more small forwards that have developed a handle. And so part of the reason I, I picked the Celtics, you know, full disclosure, to win this series. I picked them to win in seven games. And the reason I thought they could win is I thought they had the better matchups. I, I thought that the, the Warriors were not built to exploit that particular weakness of the Celtics the way that the Heat and the Bucks had with their excellent perimeter defenders. When mm. I think about what he just said, I think about how many great experts I've listened to on ESPN and other platforms in the last two weeks. How many people have said, look, Boston's the better team. How many people coming into this series said, look, Boston's on fire. How many people, to your point, to Canty's point earlier, have stood up and said, this is going to be the coming out party for Jason Tatum. And it speaks to where we started this whole conversation. We had 
a concept of who the Celtics were going to be coming into this series. And the fact is, whatever we thought they were going to be, we are now six going into our sixth game, and they have not lived up to that concept across the board. And so now I look at game six, and I don't really give a damn who the Celtics were in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't give a damn who they were against the Bucks. I care about who they've been in this series. And in this series, the Warriors have clearly been the better team for the majority of the series. The Warriors have played better basketball throughout the course of this series, and the Warriors' stars have stepped up. That's the difference, and that's why I think tonight it's over. That point guard uh, talk that we just heard, that matters um, yeah. because now you're transitioning guys to become point guards and they aren't natural point guards. You look at a guy like Steph Curry, who's a natural point guard who can shoot the ball very, very well. You look at the team who won it last year and the Milwaukee Bucks and how much Drew Holiday made a difference on that team when they traded uh, Eric Bledsoe and brought him in. You look at a guy like Chris Paul and what he's meant to the Phoenix Suns since he's arrived and the growth of those players. I even take a young cat, John Moran and the Memphis Grizzlies. Point guard play and understanding pace and where you need to feed guys uh, the basketball and where their sweet spots are on the floor, all that matters as a point guard. But when you don't have a natural one, times like this and what we're seeing in the NBA Finals, they come up. Look, I, I don't care what you do for a living. Position matters. Skill set matters. I'll go it back to, to my career in music, right, Harry? Like, I, was, I, I am proud of the work that I did as a fiddle player. There is no doubt about it. I can't play bluegrass music to save my life. I am not good at bluegrass. If I had been put in a bluegrass band, all of a sudden you walk by, you'd be like, man, that fiddle player sucks. But that wasn't my style. That wasn't what I do well. Like, you were a wide receiver in the NFL. Like, if suddenly you had been asked to play tight end, that wouldn't have been a good fit for you. That doesn't match. This body too small. Hold up, coach. (laughs) We're not transitioning there. I don't think I want to do this. Media is calling me. I'm a media member. You got Yeah. (laughs) Facts. You got a guy on one side. uh, You got a team on one side in Golden State that has taken the pieces and they figured out what pieces they have and how to play chess with them. And on the other side, you got somebody. You got an entire organization that's trying to win a chess match where they are getting they are one step behind every step of the way of what Golden State's going to do. Now, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope Jason Tatum has a massive coming out party. Richard Jefferson on First Take, our ESPN NBA analyst, said this, and he's right. Bro, you are first-team All-NBA. If you are a first-team All-NBA player, that means you are one of the top five players in the world this season. You need to perform in the fourth quarter. Tonight is all – we will forget everything that happened throughout the course of this series and everything that Jason Tatum hasn't done if tonight he shows up and plays like the superstar so many of us thought he would be coming into this thing. Don't forget the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. Game 6 tonight, Celtics host the Warriors. You can check it out 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations. You do not want to miss it. In the meantime, you don't want to miss the Stanley Cup playoffs. Let me tell you, I was glued to my TV last night. was absolutely epic hockey. We'll break it all down for you next. But first, we got to get you caught up on everything you need to know about Vivid Seats with the safe return of live events. You can actually be there to catch all the action in person with Vivid Seats. That's right. Every alley-oop slam, every one-timer, every sideline grab can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you can earn rewards like free tickets. Who doesn't love free stuff? All you have to do is collect stamps, redeem, and repeat. It's that easy. From upper level to courtside, Vivid Seats has you covered for all the events that matter to you. So grab your tickets today. Cheer on your favorite team from the stands. All you gots to do. 
is visit vividseats.com or download the app. Who doesn't want to do that? Easy as pie. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. It happened live last night in the NHL. We'll tell you about it next. Canty and Carlin, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz filling in. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Bouncing puck, gobbled up by GT Comper down the middle. Comper holds, shoots, it's blocked. Nachushkin with it, Burakovsky, he scores! Andre with a giant goal! And you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here because this party is over! Colorado wins game one in overtime! I had an 
any hair on my arms would be standing up. That's altitude 92.5 on the call. It's Carlin and Canty. Canty and Carlin, whatever, on ESPN Radio. I'm fired up. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. That's what it sounded like last night as the Avalanche win in overtime against the Lightning in not only an incredibly exciting hockey game, but a a vibe and an atmosphere. Harry Douglas, there are few things in the world that will cause me just to sit down and be glued to my TV more than the Stanley Cup final, and I do not care who's in it. I do not care what teams in it. Like, I am going to watch every second. This series particularly gives us epic offense versus epic defense. We saw so much of that in play last night, and I walked away from that saying my god injected in my veins give it to me every day all day as often as possible i was supposed to do something at eight o'clock last night (laughs) it got canceled so i can watch the stanley cup finals game one and i became a hockey fan back in 2014 fits may 3rd 2014 uh to be exact Right when I went to my first hockey game, Boston Bruins versus the Habs in the playoffs, whole nine. But that's a story for another day. We'll get to that later. I tweet a picture so y'all believe me. You see me in my Bergeron jersey and everything. But back to the Stanley Cup Finals, the Colorado Avalanche, by no mistake, in the Stanley Cup Finals because they did have the second best record in hockey this year. Not only that, they scored the second most points in hockey this year, only behind the Florida Panthers with 119. They had 122. 100, uh, yep, 122. So. When I look at this Colorado Avalanche team, right, you know the first thing that comes to my mind? Because, you know, I'm small. And, you know, I was a little fast guy. Speed, 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 speed. The speed showed up last night. The rest showed up last night. And here's one of the reasons why the Colorado Avalanche had a lot of rest. They're 13-2 and two in the playoffs. They swept two of the series that they had leading up to the Stanley Cup Finals. Their only two losses came to the St. Louis Blues. But this team is destined for greatness, and I don't want to say it, it. we haven't seen it before. It's just that they're doing it so easily. And I'll tell you this. They came out and started fast last night with a 3-3. I think it was a what, 3-1 lead. They started 2-0, then it was 3-1. But I got to give a lot of credit to the Tampa Bay Lightning because they didn't just give up. And – There's a reason why they're the back-to-back champions and they're in their third straight Stanley Cup Finals. But these players for the Avalanche, Landis Cobb, McCarr, and that was a big penalty last night on uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning on tripping uh, McCarr, which led to a goal on the power play for the Avalanche. But um, retaining, and y'all got to bear with me with these names because I struggle with hockey names, okay? I struggle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, there's they don't let me call play-by-play. Play scoring the game with a goal, and he was a guy who actually played against the Tampa Bay Lightning when he won a Stanley Cup um, with, with the Washington Capitals. So he's been there and been on this stage before. And then they got their goalie back, Kemper, who's been out. Um, so they got him back, and they're doing great things. But I got to give a lot of credit to the Tampa Bay Lightning as well because when you're down 2-0 and you go down 3-1, in a Stanley Cup Finals, you can easily be derailed. But it's no reason for this team uh, not, not to come back and not to fight. Now, they lost it in overtime. I understand that. But they're still promised because they still fought. Anybody yeah. could have just – they could have just gave up multiple goals and, and, and just gave up, but they didn't. I think that the game itself speaks to how tough and gritty the Lightning are, but also the Avalanche. Like I, I was, I was curious because coming into the game, as you mentioned earlier, 
Last night was their 15th game total. So coming into the game, they'd only played 14 games. They'd have a huge layover. We mentioned mm-hmm. it on uh, – or layoff, I should say. Uh, we, we mentioned it on Spain and Fitz last night, which, by the way, you can listen to Monday through Friday, 7 and 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we <laughs> mentioned that it, it felt to me like coming into the series, felt to a lot of our experts like coming into the series, the Avs would have the fresher legs for the first couple of games, uh, but, they, but they might be rusty. There might be see, you might see rust early in the series for the Avalanche, and that could give the Lightning an advantage. Well, we, we mm-hmm. didn't see any of that rust. I mean, the all. Avs came out explosive. And you're talking about an Avs team that's scoring at a per-game uh, per clip that we haven't seen in years, taking on a Lightning team trying to do what we haven't seen since the early 80s. So this is really a historic series. The Avalanche did what I expected the Avalanche to do. They scored goals. The question is, what are the Lightning going to do to sort of tighten up defensively? Barry Melrose, ESPN NHL analyst, said this about what Tampa Bay may need to do on SportsCenter. If Tampa Bay can't, and, and they're going to have to look at each other and say, well, well, let's lower our goals against. We've become a better defensive team. Right. We don't have to turn into the Devils or Dallas. <laughs> we just have to turn into a team that's better defensively than we are right now. There's a lot of smart guys on the bench. There's a lot of smart right. guys coming onto the ice. They can easily do that. So that's one thing that might happen. They either crank it up and become a better offensive team, take more chances if they think that's the way to go, right. or become a better defensive Shut team. To down. me, yeah. that's a lot easier doing that. That's the most interesting portion of what I think we're going to see throughout the course of the series and what mm-hmm. makes adjustments in hockey particularly interesting. You've got to make a decision at some point at how aggressive you want to be. And if Tampa Bay wants to continue to try and keep the pace up and be super aggressive throughout the course of this, they're going to have to match Colorado goal for goal. That seems really difficult to do. If they instead decide to throttle things down and essentially become more conservative offensively to save themselves defensively, then maybe they can find a path. But if I'm Colorado, like later in the series, the fact that Colorado has played so few games, I think becomes a huge advantage for the Avalanche. For them to get that win at home, I don't care. But for them to get that win when they're knocking the rust off over the Lightning, it's a huge change in how I thought this series would go. If you'd asked me yesterday at this time, I thought the Lightning would go up early, the Avs would make it a series late. Now I'm looking at it saying, boy, you just stole one if you're Colorado. And if you steal one at this point, man, that is just, that's a level of sort of momentum that's, uh, that, that gives them an edge going into this series. Yeah, and if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, you need your best players to step up and play big, too, in the Stanley Cup Finals. You're going to need Stamkos to, to ball out. You're going to need Kucherov to do his thing, right? You're going to need Palat, who scored a goal last night, to ball out. Um, how do you pronounce the goalie's last name? I, I struggle with this. Vasilevsky. He can't give up three goals in the first period. He yeah. can't do that. Against the Avalanche, them boys skating just dum, dum, go. You hit a horn going off. I'm like, damn, I'm trying to tweet uh, about a first goal, and then, damn, they didn't score a second goal. I can't even get my tweet out enough because they they on a power play because of a tripping call. I said, Lord have mercy, this might be a blowout. But then I had to remember the Tampa Bay Lightning have been there and they've done it before. Not just once, but twice in the last two years. The, the number of times in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs that I have seen quick goals back-to-back, like I don't know what it is and I don't know why it's happening, but we see it happen all the time. You mentioned Stamkos. Steven Stamkos, the Lightning Center, at the press conference afterwards, talked about what they can learn from an overtime loss in Game 1. Listen, we, you know, you can't control what's, what's already happened. You, you can only control what, what's, you know, what's coming. And we battle back. We, we tie a game. It goes into overtime, and um, anything can happen. I mean... You know, a tough play um, leads to, to an odd man rush, and they capitalize. So um, that's overtime for you. You never know what's, what's going to happen. So 
Um, like I said, you know, obviously not the start that, that we wanted. I thought we we had an opportunity there in, in a game where we battled back, maybe got outplayed a little bit. And our goaltender kept us in it and gave us a chance like he always does, and we didn't get the results. So we'll have to um, change some, some things up and um, certainly have a better start. It's not coach speak when you hear that from a player that's been there the way the Lightning have. That's the one thing I would say is that calm levelness that we usually roll our eyes at. When you're back-to-back Stanley Cup champions being down one nothing in the Stanley Cup final, it's not going to phase anybody. They were, we'll just da- the- they, were, they were just down 2-0 to the New York Rangers. Yeah. They're not worried about being down 1-0. They, they are unflappable. And it raises a question of whether or not we're giving them enough respect in what they've done as a dynasty. We'll get into that later in the show. ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, well... Find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE because it probably can be. Speaking of respect, a legend is calling it quits and deserves all of the flowers. We'll explain it next. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz filling in. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Douglas Jason Fitz hanging out with you. And Harry, 
Our producer Devin was flying through Reddit as he usually does, looking at NBA topics because, well, he's a degenerate when it comes to the sport, which I love. But one of the <laughs> topics that came up is besides Jordan and LeBron, who, which player at your peak would you build around in today's NBA? The, the league has changed Ooh. so much. So I'm taking Jordan, I'm taking LeBron, and we are eliminating them. So uh, what do you got, man? Like, uh, What are your thoughts? For me, that's easy. I'm going to take a guy named Giannis Antetokounmpo who won the NBA Finals last year and was the Finals MVP, a guy who has been Defensive Player of the Year, four-time All-NBA, first-team, two-time MVP. That's who I'm taking. And one thing that Giannis has showed me, though, Fitz, is not just that he has all those accolades, that I've seen improvement in Giannis's game year by year. The Giannis I've seen last year – told me that he went to the gym and worked on his mid-range game. He went to the gym, worked on his free throws. So I think Giannis coming into next year, especially after losing to the Boston Celtics in round two, I think Giannis is going to be even better. If Giannis can – if he can be consistent hitting that three-point shot, Giannis is going to be ooh, ooh, ooh. He's going to be cooking, not like Chef Curry now, but he's going to be cooking. And if I grow two and a half feet this summer, I'll finally be able to dunk <laughs> on a five-foot rim. Like, what are we talking about here? I, look, th- this is there's a very clear answer. If I if I'm going to build around today, and I don't have Jordan or LeBron, mm-hmm. I want somebody that I know will do whatever work has to be done to make sure that they are the best in the league at the time, and that's going to be Kobe. Like. I- underselling Kobe's versatility in this process. So I'm putting Kobe right in the middle of it. Plus, in today's game, he would be able to figure out spacing. He'd be able to drive when he wants to on anybody. He'd be, he would master the, the any of the moves that give him a little bit of space. And in a shooter's league, Kobe would be able to play forever because he would just refine that portion a little bit and uh, be good to go. Like, there's far less work to be done for Kobe to be great at this than Giannis. Well, the thing about it, when I think about Kobe – I see a lot of those Michael Jordan traits. And when we said besides Jordan and LeBron, then I said, you know what? I don't want to go with, with Kobe. I know oh, a lot of okay, people are like, okay. oh, well, you think right. about Giannis. You want, you, think about no. you want a more challenging answer. What about Robert Ory? Like Big Shot Pop. Big, big Shot Pop. pop. I mean, That's big one shot person pop. that everyone could count on in that corner three, baby. Big Shot Bob. How many rings does Big Shot Bob have? Seven? Uh, like Eight, 80, no, hold on. 80, 83. How many did he win with the Bulls? Fact. And then he won one, some with the Spurs and with the Lakers. The Lakers yeah, Damn, no, big got shot. Like 832. Bob. I think that's pretty accurate. I don't know. Maybe we just go Craig Hodges. He has and, seven. And just, uh, he has seven <laughs> rings. We got to start talking about Big Shot Bob more. Oh, Big Shot Bob has got more mentions today than he has on ESPN all year. That's, that's a fact. We'll keep coming at you right now. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. But you will hear neither of their sultry voices today as it's Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz hanging out with you. I just realized as we said Big Shot Bob talking about Robert Ory a moment ago that BSB, same uh, same acronym used for the Backstreet Boys. So I will be the only person today that Backstreet's puts that Backstreet Boys right. and Robert Ory in the same segment. So you're welcome, America. Uh, that's, uh, that's Everybody, yeah, everybody. You know what, <laughs> Harry, you're too, uh, <laughs> you were still working, you know, on, on a million different NFL things back, back in the day. But Mike Golick Jr. and I both used to host the really stupid early a.m. show before the morning show. We always whoa, had whoa, Boy whoa, Man whoa. Friday. What would you say? Really stupid? Uh, stupid early. 
It oh, was okay. really I stupid. Thought you said stupid. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> stupid early. Like, oh my God, on so early that nobody, it, it was uh, first and last. Like, it, it was so early that it was for basically like the, the very, very, I can't believe you're still up people. It was a blast. Love hosting. <laughs> Devin was producer extraordinaire on it. We always did Boy Band Friday. So that was a, that was our chance Ooh. to rock out. So uh, when Harry Douglas and I take over the world, we'll bring back Boy Band Fridays just so I can hear him. Like, I'd, I'd let you be in my boy band here. Like we, we so so, so uh, you say take up the world. The you say take up the world, right? Pinky and the brain. So who's Pinky? Who's the brain? Uh, well, between I mean, me, <laughs> I don't know. Like because the brain uh, thought he had the great ideas, but they all were stupid. Honestly, you know. And then mm. Pinky was just like, oh, "Okay, I'll follow you, brain." Well, uh, I mean, Pinky was better looking than the brain, though. So, like, I don't know. I mean, where do we? Uh, I, I don't know which one of us is Pinky, which one's the brain. But I know I got more tattoos than you. So, if we're ever in a boy band together, I get to be the bad boy. So, you're welcome. Okay, okay, okay. okay. That's okay. just happening. Right. Uh, Want to get some uh, news in here that's breaking today? WNBA legend Sue Bird has announced that she will retire. After the season, and you heard it in the Sports Center update earlier, uh, the all-time leading assist, uh, uh, she's the all-time assist leader in the WNBA, amongst other accolades that are just too, it's a page. Devin put a page worth of resume up here. Suffice it to say, one of the greatest of all time to play in the WNBA is announcing that she's going to be gone. And, you know, my first thought when I heard this, Harry, was A, huge loss for the WNBA, B, Every single team now on the rest of this calendar needs to huddle up right now and figure out what they're going to do to honor one of the greats for the rest of this season. Yeah, when I think about Sue Bird, the first thing that comes to my mind, Fitz, is consistency. And it's something a lot of people struggle with throughout life in a lot of different departments. But Sue Bird has been so consistent with everything that she has done since she basically started playing basketball. You just don't go to UConn if you aren't consistent, right? You don't play uh, what, 20-plus years if you're not consistent? You don't win the level that she has won on if you're not consistent. So she has been a great ambassador for the game, for, for women's basketball. Let me just say women's basketball, period. And you have a ton of little girls out there who are probably who probably aren't little girls right now um, that are playing against Sue Bird and looked up to Sue Bird, but then you still have the younger generation that we do see right now who are still looking up to a person like Sue Bird and – I do want the rest of the WNBA to give her a farewell tour. I think she deserves it because she not only represented whatever team she was playing for, she represented this country when it came to the Olympics, and she has been big time her entire life, her entire career. So we got to give credit where credit is due, and we have to give her her flowers the rest of this season because it is going to be a sad day in women's basketball after this season because there will be no more Sue Bird. This is a moment for everybody to step back, I think, and realize not only her greatness, but how exhausting it has to be to be one of the best in women's sports. Because not only do you have to focus on being the best athlete you can be, you have to focus on being the best advocate for your sport that you can be. And it's tiring for everybody that has this tremendous platform. The number of times I've asked our guests on Spain and Fitz, when do you get to worry about just playing? And I get a laugh from the answers of never because there is a fight for women's basketball and platform. There's a fight for women's sports and equality that we see right now with Title IX. There is an ongoing fight that is constant. And unfortunately, we live in a world where the best of the best in their respective sports can't simply worry about being the best of the best. They also have to worry about being the loudest voices for change because they're the only ones that can get it done. This is a moment to really appreciate Sue Bird's greatness on the court. It's a moment to even more appreciate Sue Bird's greatness off the court, what she's done for the growth of women's sports, for women's basketball, 
basketball and to the point that Harry made to all of the little girls everywhere that wouldn't even have opportunity were it not for the fight that she has fought so hard for so long. I cannot say enough great things about what a legend she has been and what a legend I'm sure she will continue to be for the entire world of sports. Uh, We need to get back into some NFL news on the show. We're going to buy and sell some young quarterbacks next. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio with Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas filling in.